following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Tonight it's easy to believe love really might be in the air. Temperature is perfect, and I'm pretty sure spring won't be going anywhere. So what do you say we all go down to Providence Canyon? Carve our names in the side of a red clay wall Somebody grab matches, I'll get the cooler Why didn't we think of this sooner? The night won't last forever after all Back on the Tom Dupree Show, this is Chris Cobb. Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb. Yeah, he's opening up for Chris Stapleton tonight at uh, Rep Arena. Chris Stapleton, Brent Cobb. And uh, I think Brent's doing a free show at CD Central this afternoon. Where's that? Uh, It's over there on uh, Off Limestone. Yeah. So, legendary music shop. Which I think it's kind of funny that here in 2018 we still have a shop called CD Central. Yeah. But tip of the hat for them. They, They always bring some of these artists in. I think it's cool they do that. Right. Well, that, if you want to see him, may be worth going to check it out. We welcome Adarsh Mashru to the uh, studio. How are you today? I'm doing well, Tom. How about you? Fine, thank you. Well, you've got a lot to talk about, um, about the, the markets and, and the way that they've gone. Uh, one of these uh, articles that you put in front of me is by Mohammed El Arian. This week... Volatility only amplifies an already unsettling month for global equity markets. It is the product of a longer-term shift driven by an important change in the underlying regime for financial markets. We are moving away from the comforting support of ample, consistent, and predictable liquidity and towards economic and corporate fundamentals having greater sway. This was particularly notable last year when the S&P 500 returned 22% and the VIX, uh, it's talking about how, well, this is saying that prior to this, uh, things were sort of in a, a calmer period. Last year, for instance, when the S&P uh, returned 22%, but the S&P has come under pressure with a 9% drop this month. So talk a little bit about what's actually going on, according to El Arian, who is the 
guy with Pimco. Right. So what he's talking about is every bull market, you know, after we have a major correction like we did in uh, 08 and 09, uh, the normal response of the Federal Reserve, which is the central bank, is to lower interest rates. Um, and this is not just unique to this current uh, bull market, which we've seen since 2009. And a bull market is basically a market that, that goes up and does not drop uh, more than 20% over a period of time. Uh, so the early stages of a bull market after a severe drop uh, is usually the result of central bank uh, liquidity. So the central bank, you know, reduces interest rates through their open market operations. They, uh, they buy bonds and, you know, flush banks with liquidity so banks can turn around and start lending again. Um, and the, the normal transition of this uh, period is as the economy uh, improves, as uh, sentiment improves, as businesses start investing, the central bank takes a step back and allows the private sector to do its thing. Uh, and part of the reason why they start uh, reducing liquidity and start raising interest rates is to prevent the economy from overheating. And at this point, we are at that stage. The central bank has already raised short-term interest rates eight times. So we are in that stage where the private sector on its own is doing pretty well. The central bank is uh, taking a step back. And now the markets are concerned if the central bank is taking uh, a step back a little too soon or uh, removing liquidity a little too soon. Uh, so hence all this uh, you know, turbulence in the market, uh, at least that's part of the reason. Uh, so that's what he's talking about, that we are no longer in a, in a period where central banks will be supportive and uh, you know, will help uh, asset prices. Now we are in a period where uh, you know, the economy on its own will have to uh, carry the weight. Unlike the Fed under former chairs Bernanke and Yellen, under Jay Powell, officials have refrained from issuing soothing statements during bouts of market turbulence. For its part, the European Central Bank continues to wind down its asset purchase program and will probably stop it altogether at the end of the year. Right, so... And and this phenomenon is not just unique to the U.S. Uh, it's happening in Europe and in the U.K. Japan, not so much. Japan is still in the process of, you know, uh, not uh, unwinding liquidity. Uh, the Eurozone is also behind the curve. They are behind the U.S. in terms of uh, unwinding liquidity. Uh, but the Federal Reserve is in a tough spot. Uh, you know, they have two main goals. The first goal is to make sure that price levels uh, are stable, which means that inflation does not get out of control. And the second goal is full employment. Uh, we know that unemployment is at 3.8%, so the Federal Reserve has already met its goal of full uh, employment. Uh, now it's concerned about uh, what will happen with inflation and if inflation will get out, out of control. So they are trying to stay ahead of the curve, uh, but the reaction of financial markets has been, uh, you know, one of um, concern where 
there there is opinion and you know not just from uh, market observers even some economists and even the president uh, president trump has talked about how he is concerned that the central bank is moving too soon um so it, it, it is uh, an inflection period for monetary policy they they want to uh, take a step back from you know the unprecedented monetary policy that we've had but financial markets are are nervous about it yeah and they express that nervousness in the way of sell offs yes so we we saw a very steep sell off this month some say the worst since october of 2008 the market's already dropped 9% the nasdaq uh, and the russell 2000 have dropped even more than the s&p 500 uh so um and what's um a little surprising is that this drop is coming only a few months after we experienced a 10% drop usually a major drop happens like it did in february that corrects the excesses uh but just 7 8 months later we are seeing this other drop um and it's it's a sign of uh, the nervousness uh, on top of that uh some companies reported last week and they said that they are uh, worried about uh, cost pressures uh not just because of inflation and the shortage of labor but also because of uh, the impact of tariffs so there's a few different things going on right now uh the us market even though it's down this much uh is not as bad as some of the other markets the chinese market has dropped close to 30% already from its high really yes so other markets have also reacted uh negatively uh but the us market is obviously you know the biggest market it's got the biggest market cap and other markets around the world tend to to follow um so there has been a sell off but at the same time uh sell offs happen uh you know we are 9 years into this bull market um and i just finished writing a, a piece for our uh, newsletter and i talk about how first of all bull markets last for a long time historically they've lasted over a decade decade and a half in some cases and secondly it's not unusual to have steep sell offs during long term bull markets uh in 1998 we saw almost a 20% sell off uh, in 45 days and the market went on to make new highs uh, in 1999 uh, in 2011 during this bull market we saw almost a 20% drop uh, and the market came back and you know went on to make new highs so these sell offs can happen uh, they are extremely uh, scary and nerve-wracking but it's it's part of the natural uh, process of uh, uh you know of uh, the natural corrective mechanism of the market to remove excesses to curb right. sentiments so it's it's pretty healthy uh from a sentiment perspective what was also interesting is that given how long this bull market has lasted the buy the dip mentality was pretty strong where every time there was a drop people were like okay we'll just step in and buy So this time around even that's been being shaken up this, yeah. you know how violent so to you know that makes me a little uh, optimistic that even people who were bullish about the market are now scared and yesterday at one point in the morning around 10 we saw an extremely steep sell off in tech stocks where some mid cap uh, 
and small cap stocks were dropping 8 9 10% and um that really felt like capitulation because they weren't dropping on heavy volume right which means that big institutions are not selling but right. small investors are getting nervous and you know dumping these shares so that's from a contrarian point of view that's good that okay now there is a little fear in the market which uh, means that perhaps we are getting close to you know this uh, uh sell off being done we don't know historically we have seen bigger sell offs but uh sentiment is definitely more negative than it was uh, a month ago yeah stay with us you're listening to the Tom Dupree show on news radio 630 WLAP from work to kids to running errands you're always on the go to work the gym or running errands luckily getting the news is now voice activated hey alexa play news radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio hi this is tom dupree junior do you understand your retirement savings and investments do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal if you haven't thought about these things should because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment of what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree show. So, Adarsh, it's pretty ugly right now. I mean, is this a buying opportunity? Uh, you know, what do you think? Are we still in a bull market? Or, uh, I mean, uh, Here's a reminder, this is by Su Chang, that stock market corrections don't always become bear markets. A market correction is often defined as a 10% pullback from a recent peak. Using that yardstick, the S&P uh, 500 is about two percentage points away from joining the NASDAQ composite. Actually, this was published before it had dropped. Yes. So it is in... Um, even in the current bull market, which got its start in 2009, there have been six corrections that avoided turning into bears, including most recently a dive in February that saw stocks back in record territory by late summer. Since 1966, the average bear market has lasted just under 17 months, far shorter than the average bull market, and they often end as abruptly as they begin with a quick rebound that is very difficult to predict. In other words, people who like to invest for the long haul should stay the course instead of trying to time the market for each big move. What do you say about that? Yeah, so, you know, the the most important uh, point there is that bear markets, despite how 
scary and how painful they are, they don't tend to last that long. Now, 17 months is a long period if you're older, if you're retired, you know, if you're relying on uh, your investments to generate an income. So it's it's not pleasant even if they last only 17 months. Uh, but at the same time, um, what's important is that uh, these things you know, do happen and it's important to have a plan for, uh, you know, such market drops. One way to uh, prevent your portfolio from being hurt too much from such a drop is to have some uh, form of, uh, you know, uh, diversification in the form of having uh, fixed income securities, bonds, for example. Another way is to also have some cash. And then even the stock... uh, part of the portfolio needs to be uh, diversified. So even in this latest drop, two sectors have actually been going up, uh, utilities and uh, real estate investment trusts. So when you have diversification within the portfolio, hopefully the portfolio will withstand these drops better. Uh, And also uh, bond prices have been going up. When I say bonds, I mean U.S. government uh, treasuries. so that's been a good uh, hedge against uh, this drop in the market. Uh, but the most important thing, and this is something that we emphasize at our firm, is that if you are relying on your investments for income, then try to do that uh, in a matter wh- manner which will not impact your uh, principle, where you're not forced to make your withdrawals at the wrong time. And that's why we uh, have a dividend approach where uh, the companies that we invest in pay dividends, you know, either monthly or quarterly, some cases six months. Uh, and these dividends tend to be more stable than the price of the, the right. stocks. So, you know, oftentimes uh, stock prices drop you know, we've seen a lot of industrial stocks here drop recently. But these companies keep paying the dividends that they've paid in some cases for uh, for years or decades. Uh, so that tends to be a, a more, uh, you know, stabilizing factor. And at least investors can take uh, solace in the fact that their, their dividends keep paying. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one way. Um, you know, as far as whether this bull market will continue. Uh, My sense is yes, just because bear markets always start when, you know, the the economy starts deteriorating. The markets drop before uh, a recession happens. But at this point, uh, we are still, you know, nowhere close to uh, reaching the point where earnings are starting to decline and, uh, you know, unemployment is starting to increase. Now, when it does happen, you know, the data always looks good right before uh, a recession happens. Uh, But I think given that the recovery since the financial crisis was so slow, uh, I suspect that, you know, the recovery will go on for a lot longer than than, uh, most expect. Right. So, um, and again, historically, bull markets tend to last for over a decade, uh, you know, we had a big drop in 1987, and from 1987, stocks pretty much rallied until the year 2000. Um, and if you go back even before that, 
uh, after major bear markets, uh, the subsequent bull market has gone on for uh, over a decade. So we are still, you know, year nine into this. So I, I think we can, uh, you know, despite a fall, you know, I think the bull market continues and it won't feel like it. You know, when the fall happens, it won't feel like we are in a bull market. But again, until we see more than a 20% fall, uh, we are in a in a bull market. The editorial board of the Wall Street Journal says three um, percent growth if we can if we can keep it. Can economic growth from tax reform and deregulation stand up to the headwinds from higher interest rates, tariffs, and perhaps a Democratic Congress? That's the reason we take away from Friday's strong but somewhat disappointing report on economic growth in the third quarter. The answer isn't obvious. The Commerce Department reported that the economy grew at a robust 3.5% in the third quarter, a mild slowdown from 4.2% in the second. Consumer spending led the way with a 4% increase rooted in a tight job market and wage gains that have bolstered economic confidence. The economy has now grown by 3% over the last 12 months. So do you think the headwinds of uh, politics, higher interest rates, and uh, tariffs can, and we can talk a little bit about that in the next segment also, but just briefly, what do you feel like about that? I I think the the market and the economy will withstand uh, those headwinds you know higher interest rates it seems like uh, you know interest rates are going up they're going up too fast but we have to remember that higher interest rates is generally uh, a good sign uh, it, it means that the economy is right. coming back uh, it does not mean that the economy is about to uh, reverse exactly uh, people talk about the yield curve and funnily no one's been talking about it recently but the yield curve actually steepened uh, uh, a little bit uh, when long-term rates started going up uh, about a month ago. Now, here recently, they've dropped, but the yield curve, you know, is still steep. Now, it's getting flat, but historically, markets have started correcting uh, about six months after the yield curve's been inverted, so we are not even there yet. Um, and tariffs, I, th- I think, could end up having a positive impact uh, you know, it doesn't have to be negative. The The trade system is unfair in some ways. And the whole purpose of this uh, tariffs and taking a strong stance is to make sure that, that unfairness is, is made right. Uh, okay, let's cut it off there. And we will talk more about it in the next segment. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Hey guys, it's Leland Conway for Universal Windows Direct. Listen, I'm sorry, but winter is coming. Do not suffer through one more winter in a cold, drafty home. Call my guys at Universal Windows Direct. Schedule your free in-home estimate today. And for every window you buy, you get the next one free, plus 0% financing for 36 months. Some restrictions apply. Call Universal Windows Direct, 859-300-8600, or go to UniversalWindowsDirect.com. You'll be saying, I love my windows. Kroger can help make wellness happen your way. And if you're enrolling in Medicare Part D for 2019, we're here to help make it easier. We offer preferred pharmacy pricing on most major plans, including United Healthcare, Aetna, Express Scripts, and Anthem, with co-pays as low as $0. Plus, Kroger offers you health and nutrition support with all the delicious foods you need. 
So if you're choosing a new Medicare Part D plan, we've got you covered. Visit your Kroger pharmacy or kroger.com slash Medicare today. It's time for podcasters to get the recognition they deserve for their role influencing pop culture and public opinion. And you decide which podcasts are the best. Introducing the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards presented by Capital One. The first major podcast awards where your vote will decide who wins. Over 20 categories like crime, comedy, music, sports, curiosity, and more. Cast your vote and you're automatically qualified to join us in person for the first ever iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. Live from Los Angeles, January 18th. Vote now at iHeartPodcastAwards.com. Fingerprints on the envelope containing an explosive device addressed to Maxine Waters. That's what led police to suspect Caesar Sayok. He was arrested this week in connection with 14 attempted mail bombings. ABC Steve Osinsami's in Florida where he was picked up. He has a court appearance on Monday. It is entirely possible he, he will be moved to New York to face charges. These charges are serious. So far, five charges, including threats against the president, because, of course, there are two former presidents who he sent packages to. If he is convicted of these charges, he could serve up to 48 years in prison. Ronald Lowy represents Sack's mother and sister, but once he represented Sack himself in another bombing incident, he says he thought he was mentally ill, but not violent. He was charismatic. Uh, he seemed very immature, very young. Uh, his, his thinking process seemed limited. Investigators still trying to find out if there are any other packages out there. Sherry Preston, ABC News. It is a dreary opening day for the weekend. We've got temperatures out there into the upper 40s and low 50s, cloudy skies, gusty winds, periods of showers, and some drizzle. Heading out and about on Sunday gets a little better for a while, but those winds are going to be a big player, 30 to 40 miles an hour for gusts. We'll see some scattered showers and storms into the afternoon. Daytime highs, 55 to 60. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio Station. Hey, it's 3 a.m. and the ticking clock seems as loud as a jackhammer. And instead of dreaming about marshmallow clouds and, I don't know, running with antelopes, you're having night sweats and worried about your parents and their medical bills. They're older, you're stressed, I get it. But losing sleep over a few questions about a medical bill isn't going to help. What will is knowing your parents have Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield. They provide real people to talk to who can help right then and there on the phone. It's this really crazy notion Anthem likes to call doing the right thing. So your parents will get the care they need. You'll feel more confident than ever. And those antelopes, well, they're about to get their running partner back. For all the things that keep you up at night, Anthem Medicare has a solution. Real people empowered to get you on the right track so you can rest easy. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Rest easy. To learn more, visit resteasy-anthem.com. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of the Anthem Insurance Companies, Inc., independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hiya, Phantom. What's up? I'm just checking in. It seems that customers are as happy as ever. They love buying four tires and getting a free alignment with standard installation. Just another happy, sunshiny tire discounters kind of day. And they're saving between $50 and $200 on every set. No. Yeah, big savings on brands like Michelin, Pirelli, and Cooper. It's a veritable cornucopia of savings. A what? Harvest big deals in October at Tire discounters, like up to $200 off a set of tires. Tire 6.30 WLAP.
Never thought I'd be so far from Georgia Georgia's where I knew I'd always live and die Now here I am traveling through Colorado Living on the road just trying to survive And it's been so long since I felt at home I've forgotten Back on the Tom Dupree like Show We just got a text from our Congressman saying, good job, Adarsh. Thank you, Congressman. <laughs> yeah, so what else can we do to show his stuff? Let's see. How? Uh, th- this is an article. You know, the, the president has been very vocal about uh, believing that the Fed is making a mistake. See, uh Trump said in an October 23rd Wall Street Journal interview that Jay Powell almost looks like he's happy raising interest rates. And it's too early to tell, but maybe he regrets appointing him. The Federal Reserve Act says governors may be removed for cause by a president since the chairman is also a governor. That presumably extends to him or her, but rules around firing the leader are legally ambiguous. Um, and then it gives some picks where uh where john uh jimmy carter moved william miller to the u.s treasury um and some history so what say you adarsh so you know the the central bank has always been an independent uh body and the reason for that is that you know if politics get in the way then you know the central bank may not be able to uh, make decisions which need to be made for the sake of the economy now of course there's there's a a close nexus between economics and politics uh, yeah. and that that complicates matters so historically there have been uh, precedents where uh, you know uh, government uh, have has intervened in central bank policy. Jimmy Carter uh, and even uh, Richard Nixon when Arthur Burns was the chairman of the Fed. Uh, but in the case of what happened with Nixon, where you know he kind of forced the central bank to be accommodative, we had a decade after that when inflation went out of control. Right. Uh, that's not to say that you know the current situation is the same but what the central bank does tends to have an impact on the stock market and the stock market watches and listens to the central bank very closely Uh, and historically the stock market has been an indicator of uh, which uh, party wins so you know if the stock market's been up prior to the three months prior to the midterm elections then the incumbent uh, tends to win. Same with presidential uh, elections. Usually if the stock market is up uh, going into a presidential election, uh, you know, the incumbent tends to win or the incumbent's party tends to win. Right. So, um, you know, I I think the Federal Reserve still needs to be independent. Uh, Jay Powell is in a tough spot 
you know, because for the previous two uh, central bank chairmen, Ben Bernanke and uh, Janet Yellen, they weren't, you know, in that place where they had to start unwinding uh, their policies, which the market has liked. So Jay Powell is just in a tough spot, and he's trying to make sure that, you know, inflation does not get out of control. Yep. Um, so he may just be, you know, he's trying to do the right thing, but because of where he is, you know, he's just disliked. Same with um, Paul Walker when he was the chairman of the Fed. He was in a very tough spot. He had to raise interest rates and create uh, a recession uh, because he was trying to control inflation. And right. of course, not there were not many people who liked it at that point uh, because he caused a recession, but he did what he had to do. And he, But Reagan was still able to get reelected despite that. He was, yes, because I, I think the recovery happened uh, pretty quickly um, because, you know, by 82, 83 and... Was it 84 when Reagan got reelected? Yeah. So by that time, the economy had started recovering. The stock market had started recovering. Uh, 81 was when we had the yeah. big crash. Well, it started in 79 and 80 because Volcker was appointed by Carter. Right. And then he went over into the Reagan administration. And uh, uh, that's when you, you began to get the really super high interest rates, 80, 81. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important for the, the Federal Reserve to, to stay independent, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the, the nature of, uh, of economics and politics where, uh, you know, that puts them in this spot. So it says the stock route increases Erases 2018 gains for S&P Dow indexes. Um, what were the earnings? I mean, are, are we still getting really good earnings reports, or uh, is it beginning to deteriorate a little bit? So earnings reports have still been strong. Uh, some companies uh, guided more cautiously for next year. Yeah. I think that's what scared the market. So. Caterpillar reported earlier uh, or last week, and their earnings were quite strong, but they said that uh, input costs are increasing, partly because of tariffs. Um, and uh, so for next year, they, they said, you know, they may not do as well as they were previously hoping because of higher input costs, although they expect to pass on those costs to their customers. So I think that spooked markets a little bit, yeah. where the market feels that, okay, these tariffs may start having an impact. Earlier, you know, they felt that, okay, it wasn't going to be that much of an impact. Um, and then towards the end of the week, um, Amazon and uh, Google both reported, and, um, you know, they, they also reported great earnings, but their earnings did not grow as fast as the market expected. Now, this could just be a, a, a one-off, Right. But Amazon and Google, uh, they are both large companies, you know, both of them approaching a trillion dollars in market cap. So that spooked the markets a little bit. But if you go back, you know, throughout this uh, bull market, there have been periods when companies have 
uh, reported, you know, less than what the market was expecting uh, or have guided more cautiously. But that's not derailed this bull market because yeah. next in the fourth quarter, they may, uh, you know, report something else. So the trend is still up. Uh, earnings are still on track to uh, increase by over 20% compared to last year. And next year, they're projecting that they'll grow at 11 or 12%. So they're, they're still projecting earnings growth. It's just that the rate of uh, growth is is declining. And that's that's not unusual. You know, you can't keep growing at 20% every year. Um, what's interesting is, you know, forever we talked about how valuations were so high. But on a forward 2019 earnings uh, basis, uh, P ratios are just around 16 now. Yeah. So valuations have actually come down uh, after this latest drop, which means that stocks are still pretty attractive. Uh, at the same time, yields and bonds have also come come down. So relatively, stocks r- remain um, attractive. Um, yeah, the the ten year Treasury has rallied from a three twenty three yield to about a three oh eight. Right. So and and it did what what has happened uh, throughout this uh, bull market when stocks have dropped, uh, bond yields have uh, dropped also, and bond prices have uh, moved up. So and finally, the inflation data that came out the last report, inflation was actually a little lower than what was expected. So really, yeah. even inflation is not. You know, going out. Well, that's because the oil prices are dropping. Yes, oil prices are dropping. So, really, the 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 economy is still in a good spot. The Federal Reserve is also in a good spot. They don't have to raise rates rapidly to uh, combat inflation. And uh, when inflation is not rising, despite unemployment being at three point eight percent, that that's that's a good sign overall yeah what we do need is a boost in productivity so if productivity keeps improving then uh, this economy can even sustain uh, low unemployment without inflation uh, you know getting out of control Um, and we are due because the last decade there really weren't that many that much in terms of productivity gains but hopefully you know uh, now we'll start seeing productivity uh, improve wow this is interesting. This article about the shale boom has made America the world's top oil producer. It's a blazing morning in the Permian Basin in West Texas, America's most productive oil field. On the high plains, a, a rig gnaws at rock more than 3,000 feet underground. When the drill bit reaches about a mile and a half in depth, nearly six times the height of the Empire State Building, it will munch its way sideways for another two miles. Then comes the interesting part. After completing one horizontal well, the towering wig rig will rise vertically intact, shuffle forward in a, for about an hour, then prepare to drill again. This kind of horizontal drilling um, has made uh, America an incredible oil producer. It has, yes. Um, the... You know, one of the downsides, though, to shale production, I think that article goes on to mention that later, is that these wells, you know, they, their peak production is only about two years. You drill a well, and yeah. then within two years, most of the production's gone. So you have to keep drilling new wells. 
The risk of that is that it's highly capital intensive. It's not where you invest capital, drill a well, they'll keep pumping for decades. So you constantly need access to capital to keep, you know. Yeah. So if we enter a period where uh, interest rates increase or, you know, liquidity tightens, then it'll, you know, it remains to be seen what, what happens um, because the shale boom started, you know, it started in 2008 and it, you know, almost a decade now. And throughout this period, interest rates have been pretty low. So right. the cost of capital has not been too high. Um, at the same time, uh, there's also a lot of uh, labor shortages uh, right now. Um, so technology has kept up, you know, it's helped bring prices down. Uh, but will it continue? That that remains to be seen. The, the good thing, though, is that the U.S. is becoming more uh, self-sufficient when it comes to uh, its energy needs. Right. And the U.S. is also exporting crude, certain grades of crude oil. Right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with the Darsh Mashru. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The news you want to know. Meal bombing suspect apprehended. The news. President Trump. You need to know. Change his tone. The Democrats. Get him in the face. Arrest them. Lower the temperature. Stay in the know. The caravan. With News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Do you understand your retirement savings and investments? Do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal? If you haven't thought about these things, because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment of what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. The U.S. needs to deal with a huge deterioration in the standards of corporate lending instead of focusing on deregulation, Janet Yellen has warned. In an interview with the Financial Times, the former chair of the Federal Reserve said she was particularly alarmed by loosening standards in the $1.3 trillion market for leveraged loans, which are offered to companies with weaker credit ratings. I am worried about the systemic risks associated with these loans, said the former central banker. There's been a huge deterioration in standards. Covenants have been loosened in leveraged lending. So um, what's that all about? So leveraged loans are basically, you know, uh, they're unsecured loans usually. Uh, They're usually floating rate loans. They're not even fixed rate. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're made to companies that either don't have a long history or don't really have the best uh, uh, balance sheets. 
Right. Uh, and they're made at a higher uh, rate of interest. Uh, so, you know, the, and that's, it, it's typical, you know, now we are 10 years into, uh, after the financial crisis, you know, eight years or so into uh, this economic recovery. Um, and standards, not just there, but even with uh, home loans, I, I've heard, you know, are uh, uh, changing. And, you know, I don't know if they're changing for the better. Right. Where once, not usually. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, once the banks repaired their balance sheets, once consumers repaired their balance sheets, businesses always had pretty good balance sheets going into the financial crisis. But now that balance sheets are repaired, that risk-taking uh, appetite is coming back. Uh, and banks, as is typical, you know, are starting to make these loans thinking that, you know, this continues uh, and they're starting to take more risk. Uh, as far as, you know, regulations go, of course, you know, um, some of the regulations were excessive after the financial crisis. So there right. was some need to deregulate. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, if the re deregulation is going to lead to the sort of behavior that led to the financial crisis, then that becomes uh, a concern. So I think that's what she was talking about, where, um, you know, uh, if, you know, 1.3 trillion, I think that was the figure, you right. know, that, that is a pretty... Uh, big uh, amount and you know if uh, because of deregulations uh, you know risk-taking behavior increases then you know we could uh, face uh, uh, a problem again right um, yeah it's always good I, I talked about it a little bit in the first hour that uh, about the corruptions in language with Doug Casey and the difference between a bond and a debenture has been clouded and people think bonds are really have something behind them but in many cases they don't they're just pure debentures they're uh, they're the debt of a company and that's it they can be worthless right right um and you know we we also saw that um during uh you know leading up to uh oil prices dropping right. in 2013, 2014, where uh, oil and gas companies were issuing all kinds of uh, debt. debt. And the assumption was that oil prices were going to remain high and, you know, there's enough backing. Even if oil drops from 100 to 70, there's plenty of cash flow. But then oil dropped to 23, and right. then that cash flow just went away. So. Right. It's important to keep in mind, but again, this is standard uh, human behavior. You know, once the the crisis is far back in the past, you forget that uh, you know these things can happen again. So it's important to uh, you know be vigilant about the the risks. Um, but again, that's just human nature. So I, I don't know if you can completely eliminate uh, that risk-taking uh, behavior. Uh, we like to uh, verify that the dividends and uh, income on the securities that we buy are coming from a legitimate source. Um, 
that can withstand shocks, if you will, um, as opposed to putting our clients' money in something like a leverage loan, that sort of thing. Right. A- absolutely, yes. And that's the, the first thing that we ask ourselves, you know, before we make any investment is if those underlying cash flows are stable and can they withstand, you know, different environments. Um, and most companies that we invest in tend to have very stable under underlying ca- cash flow. And some of them uh, have also been able to increase their, in fact, most of them, in, not some of them, most of them have been able to increase their uh, cash flow over time. Even in 08, 09, we saw some companies increase their cash flow. So, you know, it's, it's possible there are good businesses out there that have strong balance sheets that generate stable cash flow and they've been doing it uh, in various uh, environments. Uh, so that's that's important. Um, and the dividend that one takes, you know, it's very tempting to see a stock producer six, in some cases, six, seven, eight percent dividend and think that, okay, you know, this is a great dividend, maybe I should buy this stock. But oftentimes, um, you know, those dividends are uh, are elusive. They don't stay because, uh, uh, you know, something fundamentally changes. So right. we, we our, our top priority is always to make sure that uh, the underlying cash flows of the businesses that we invest in are, are stable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's important. That's why we stay away from certain areas um, and are careful, you know, even with the oil company that we own, like BP, they tend to have wells that produce for longer and and, uh, offshore kind of things and that kind of thing. Right. So they they are an integrated oil company. So not only do they produce oil, but they also refine it. So they have another business, which is very stable. Yeah. And they have very conservative balance sheets. You know, you would think that in a major oil company would have a lot of debt, but no, BP actually has a very conservative balance sheet. Uh, and most of these bigger integrated oil companies do. And there's a reason why all these companies have been around for decades. And the only reason they've survived is because they know that when you are dealing with a commodity whose price can fluctuate and can right. have large fluctuations, the only way you you stay in business for for a long time is to make sure that you don't take any stupid, you know, risks. So that's what these companies have been able to do. Yeah, uh, and keep in mind if you're interested in having your retirement uh, savings and investments um, reviewed by a team of professionals that is involved in doing this very thing on a daily basis, give us a call at uh, 859-233-0400 or you can email me tdupree at dupreefinancial.com. It's been good having you listen to us today. Adarsh, appreciate your input. Thank you, Tom very much and uh go cats let's try to go seven and one with the victory over missouri today you've been listening to the tom dupree show here every saturday morning right here on news radio 6 30 wlap